Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews. Sorry about not uploading an episode on Monday. Had kind of a down day. Had to take a little bit of time for myself, you know, since I've been hammering out all these new and exciting ideas on what I'm going to do for an episode and, you know, all that fun stuff. And then life, of course. So today we are talking about Halloween H2O. That is 20 years later. The 20th anniversary of Halloween, we shall call it, um, is a 1998 American slasher film directed by Steve Miner and starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Adam Arkin, Michelle Williams, and Josh Hartnett. It is the seventh installment in the Halloween franchise, retconning the Jamie Lloyd story arc of the previous three installments. H2O is a direct sequel to the first two films, follows a post-traumatic Laurie Strode who has faked her death in order to go into hiding from her brother Michael Myers, who finds her working at a private boarding school in California. Released in the United States on uh, August 5th, 1998, Halloween H2O grossed $75 million worldwide on a budget of $17 million, and received mixed to positive reviews from critics with many considering it the best sequel in the series. A sequel... Halloween Resurrection was released four years later. So, yes, you have heard that right. You have heard that right. Laurie Strode is back. Jamie Lee Curtis is back in this one. Um, what makes this movie such a real shock is that, you know, they got Jamie Lee Curtis back. They were able to kind of figure out what they wanted to do with the movie. Granted, there is other versions that we've never gotten to see. But, like I've always said, you go to, we watched a movie on YouTube, and they will have that for you. Um, back to the episode at hand. Halloween H2O is really... What it truly was about was that Laurie Strode was going to get Michael in the end. She was going to kill him. She cuts his head off, and that was going to be it. And that's how it ends. Um, anyone that's seen this movie knows that that's not the, you know, truth. Um, but anyway, we... When the movie begins, we see... Nurse Marion Chambers from the first two movies. Um, and she, you know, was a caretaker for Dr. Loomis, but you don't see Dr. Loomis on screen. Dr. Loomis is later of known to have passed away, which, you know, Donald Pleasance passed away after the sixth movie. So, you know, they weren't going to bring another Dr. Loomis in. You do hear a voiceover, but it's from a different actor that does it. Um, anyway, Nurse Chambers comes home to see that her house is in disarray and she runs over to the neighbor's place and says, hey, you know, um, someone's broken into my um, you know, Someone uh, broke in. Could you come take a look? And her 
teenage neighbor Jimmy and his friend Tony go in there and, you know, Jimmy looks around. He, he talks about, you know, how he's been suspended for being too much uh, using the stick or whatever because he's a hockey player in high school or whatever. And um, finds that, you know, the office is in total disarray. Um, he later ends up stealing some beer from uh, Nurse Chambers' refrigerator. And then um, he later comes back outside, says everything is okay, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yada. Um, Nurse Chambers goes in, sees that her office is all messed up and discovers that the file they had on she had on Laurie Strode um is gone and um later she ends up back at Jimmy's house and she finds Jimmy dead in a chair and then finds his friend Tony dead and then Michael comes into the picture well Michael ends up killing her and then leaving with Laurie's file um we then come upon Laurie Strode, who um, is now under the name of Carrie Tate um, and has a career as a headmistress of a private boarding school. Um, she's also in a relationship with a guidance counselor there named Will Brennan. Um, the tragic events from 1978 haunt her um she lives in fear that her brother will come for her um and later on in the movie she is right uh we also m meet her son um john uh his girlfriend molly and their classmates charlie and his girlfriend sarah and we find, you know, that Michael indeed does show up. Um, he uh, fools the security guard, Ronnie, played by the legendary rapper LL Cool J. Um, and when Michael gets in there... Um, Lori ends up revealing her true identity to Will, and then when she, after she does that, she looks at a Christmas or a, a card, birthday card for her son John, and it says seventeen, and realizing that um, that uh, he's most likely come to kill. Um, her because John is the same age as she was when the murders from the original happened. Um, Michael, meanwhile, ends up killing Charlie and Sarah. Um, two brutal deaths. Well, you don't see Charlie dying, but you, Sarah's death is very brutal. Um, she has a... I don't even know what you would... I think it's called the dumbwaiter, maybe? Fall on her ankle or foot and it breaks the ankle and it's gruesome as all hell um then john and molly find the bo bodies of charlie and sarah and are chased by michael 
Um, Michael ends up stabbing John in the, I think it's either in the leg. Yeah, I think it's in the leg. If I, if I'm, if I'm wrong, say I'm wrong, but I, I do believe it's in the leg. Um, they later are trapped by Michael, but are saved just in the nick of time. Um, by Will and Lori, uh, Lori and Michael come face to face for the first time in 20 years. Um, later on, Will ends up shooting Ronnie, who had been patrolling the hallway, and Will mistake mistook Ronnie for being Michael, and Michael kills Will. After that, um... Lori gets John and Molly to safety and then realizes that she'll never be safe until she starts fighting back at Michael. So she ends up leave, telling uh, Molly and John to drive away and get the police and all that. Um, Lori stays behind to fight Michael and she... Her uh, Lori and Michael, or Lori ends up stabbing Michael and then pushes him over a balcony. And when she tries to stab him again, Ronnie, you know, stops her saying, she, he, saying he's dead, he's dead, which we all know he's not. Um, the authorities arrive and Michael is take loaded into a coroner's van. Um, Lori steals the van and Michael awakens and tries to attack Lori, who then stops and causes Michael to fly through the windshield. Um, Lori drives it into Michael and then goes off the road down a steep hill. Lori tumbles out and Michael is pinned um, between the van and a tree. Michael reaches out to Lori and they almost end up touching hands but then she goes no and then cuts his head off and that's the end of the movie um it was really really weird um And like I say, it's a weird ending to the what we all thought was going to be the end of the series. Um, later on, we were all duped when we later found out that there's a um, you know. Um, There was like a clause saying, and Jamie Lee Curse didn't know this, but there was a clause in a contract somewhere saying you can never kill Michael Myers. Um, when this movie went into production, there was so many different um, um, I guess ways they wanted to do it. Um, one called Michael Myers Lord of the Dead. Um, it would have 
opened immediately after the events of the previous film and involved Tommy Doyle discovering that the entire town of Haddonfield was involved in a conspiracy to control Michael. Um, then... Um, uh, Farron's pitched another one called The Two Faces of Evil. Um, it was going to be a direct-to-video film. Uh, Michael would end up stalking women at an all-women's boarding school um, and also have a copycat killer. Um, that was changed around. Uh, even changing the title to Halloween Blood Tides ties as they later got Laurie Strode back in there. Um, they later scrapped that. Uh, the screenplay was based on a story by Kevin Williams, um, with the original working title for the film being Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Um, it, uh, the original treatment, um, Williams' original treatment of, you know, Halloween H2O was that, um, there were scenes in which a Hillcrest student does a report on Michael Myers' killing spree, mentioning the death of Jamie. Um, complete flash flashbacks to four and six mentioned in the text. Uh, Carrie slash Lori responds to hearing the student's report on the death of her daughter by going into a restroom and throwing up. Um... It was, and also John Carpenter was originally in consideration to be the director um, because Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to reunite the cast and crew from the original to have active involvement in it. Um, he wanted to, but he John Carpenter did agree to direct the film um, but his starting fee was $10 million. Um, and he also demanded a three-picture deal with Dimension Films. Um, the Weinstein said no. Carpenter said, okay, bye. So, you know. Uh, Mustafa Akkad balked at Carpenter's fee, and Carpenter said, well, goodbye. Um, screenwriter slash producer Kevin Williams later writes it and all that, so, um, and, you know, like I said, um, It's funny because Curtis wanted to end the series, but Mustafa Akkad had a clause that legally wouldn't allow the writers to kill my ears off. Um, she almost left the project before filming, and then they came up with some other crap. Um, and a lot of the music that ended up in Halloween H2O 20 years later is kind of like had scream vibes to it, you know, and it's kind of funny because 
like I said, this movie is so... It, the movie itself, honestly, if they would have given us some of the treatments that they talk about, I think would have made the movie overall better. We would later get kind of like a carbon copy of this movie in some parts with Halloween H2... Or Halloween... Yeah, with Halloween H2O. God, I am sorry. It's been a hectic week for me this week. Um, but we would get a carbon copy in some points in Halloween 2018. Um, this movie overall, on a scale of 1 to 5, I'd give it a 3.5. Um, there is some, you know, cuts that they made that I think would have made the movie better had they kept them in. I really in my heart of hearts, wanted to see. And, you know, I hate that they retconned the Jamie storyline. I think that would have been perfect, you know, to add in that, you know, Lori had a daughter, you know, rather than just saying, oh, no, we're going to get rid of that. Because the character of Jamie, and, you know, I've said my piece about how I thought Daniel Harris should get over a lot of things. She's a great actress. Just, she needs to get over what had happened and why she's not being called up to do, like, Blumhouse Halloween movies. It may happen one day. Who knows? Or another company after Blumhouse's trilogy, you know, may call her up and be like, hey, we're going to make another Halloween movie. Would you like to be in it? Not as Jamie, but as someone else. And, you know, um, it's really, really sad that, you know, like I said, that they took apart away that, that they just made this a direct sequel to Halloween 2 and Halloween 1. Um, I wish that they wouldn't have done that. I think having Lori hear from a student that, you know, Jamie ended up getting murdered and then her going into the bathroom and throwing up over hearing that news, you know, feeling terrible, feeling like, you know, hey, I let my daughter down. I think that would have made for a more, you know, deal. Um, the music was kind of orchestra ish in this one which is really weird um michael goes through so many different masks in this movie because they couldn't they couldn't figure out what was the best mask for michael to wear there's and it's the weirdest thing in the world there is a i think it's called like a k2 mask or some weird shit like that and it they never get it right in my opinion they never got it right with the mask in this movie um and there's been some really shitty masks but it is what it is and you know the thing to me that why i gave it three out of five you know is also because I think what really, really made this movie kind of go downhill quick was that 
like I said, you know, the cuts they took out of it. There was a good story there for this movie. It's just, it skips. It really does. It skips. And and again, just my opinion on it, but the movie could have been built better, or written better. And, and who knows, maybe Kevin Williamson did write it really good. It's just that when the director got a hold of it, said, well, I'm going to do not do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Who knows? Um, this movie does have a really heavy scream vibe to it. And it doesn't go overboard with it. It's just, it, it's got that heavy involvement of what worked with scream in these movies. Um, and also, you know, I think another thing that kind of turned it off for me is that, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis getting pissed off that there was a clause in there saying that Michael Myers couldn't be killed. I I honestly think that, you know, hey, why would you want to kill off a franchise that would still make money? I mean, that would be like saying, okay, you know, this is it, guys. We're making the very last Friday the 13th movie. And it's done. We'll never go back to it. Jason will be dead forever. Why would you do that? There's going to be more people that would look on it and be like, oh, hey, you know, I want to make another Friday the 13th movie. You can't. He's dead. Wouldn't make any sense. You know? And I'm not saying that that would happen, but, you know, people would say that. And Hollywood, or Halloween, Hollywood would want nothing to do with it. They'd be like, why? He's already dead. Why bring him back? And with Jamie Lee Curtis throwing a hissy fit over them not allowing her to kill Michael, if anyone should have been able to kill Michael, I honestly believe it should have been one, Loomis, two, Jamie, if she would have still been alive in this movie, or in six, or whatever, or Laurie Strode's son, John. Why would you give that ultimate kill to a character that, one, faked her own death, two, you know, two was so afraid of this guy that all that she had a moment of freaking clarity that hey all of a sudden I'm gonna grow a pair and go after him. Like I mean come on. I get it, you know, she finally figured out that, you know, if I don't try and fight him, he'll come back. If I don't try and kill him, he'll keep haunting me and eventually he'll kill me. I did not like that because it's like you build Michael up to be such a powerful person and then you let Jamie Lee Curtis go ape shit on him. She later kicks him, knees him in the balls and he has this look on his face like I want to kill you and yet he still falls for the mundane bullshit and all these triggers that piss me off in movies 
It's like, don't do it. She's going to come from nowhere, out of nowhere, and fuck you up, Michael. Stop. Be you, man. And it's the movie, like I said, it's a 3.5 for me. Um, I hope you guys liked it. It's, it's, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry for the spoilers, but go watch it. Um, it, it is a good movie. It's not great. It's good. Um, and also, you know, uh, one thing I do want to say is I would have wanted to do it this weekend, but my fiance is visiting family and all that this weekend. So we won't be able to. Um, I will be doing a round table talking with some of the people behind the scenes that have helped make this podcast, you know, helped me build it and all that so that you guys enjoy it. Um, I will be having, you know, I'll choose who's going to help me on that one. But I want you guys to enjoy it. That will probably be sometime next weekend. Um just because I want Alyssa to be a part of it as well. Um, she has been such an, uh, an amazing support, which a lot of the people that I will be interviewing during this round table discussion thing have been. Um, and that will hopefully come next weekend on like Saturday or Sunday, maybe. I'll have to talk with them and see if they even want to do it. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys will show a lot of love and support for this episode. And I hope you guys tune in for that episode, the special collaboration. We are coming up on one year next month. I cannot wait. I'll do a one year special on that actual date that we're, will be the one year anniversary of this. And, you know, I can't thank you guys enough from the bottom of my heart. Love that you keep supporting me every freaking time I do this. You haven't, sometimes you guys don't like what I post, and that's okay. I, like I said in a post on Facebook in the group, come on there and tell me one, what I did right, two, what I did wrong, what I could change, what you guys want me to keep doing, what, you know, that helps me as a creator know what I'm doing you know, so that I can make this podcast better. That's the only reason I ask. You know, I want to br- make this better for you guys, not just for me. I know I'm going to buy a microphone soon. I know I, I listen back to this, to my episodes, and find out that the vo- my vo- voice is just so monotone that it's not even it it sounds like I'm Eeyore from uh, Winnie the Pooh. You know, just it sounds like I'm so depressed. And, you know, so again, thank you for all the support. Um, I will try and do an episode on Monday or maybe even bring up more about the special collaboration with some of the people behind the scenes of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews podcast. Stay tuned for that. Um, Again, thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I love you all. And this is Stephen Jarvis signing off.